Welcome to episode 143. I looked it up. I think last time I thought we were on like 150 something. We were not. We were on 142. This is 143. I am Emily. With me as always. Christine is my name. That is her name. Uh, But she's not the only one with me. No, no, no. Today, on this very special episode, uh, our Halloween hangover episode, I think is an appropriate (laughs) term for it, we have with us not one, but two special guests. Our special guest stars come all the way from Texas uh, and are currently in a um, New York City loft and a (laughs) Victorian... Victorian, like, city, maybe, hellscape. hellscape. Uh, it looks actually very pleasant. It's a beautiful background. Beautiful, beautiful Skype backgrounds uh, that are available to us on Skype because we're still, like, apparently living in 2005 <laughs> because Emily hasn't learned how to record on other services yet. But all that is to say, with us, we have our friends, our listeners, our lovelies. With us are Angela and James. Say hello, Yay! kids. Hello. Woohoo! Uh, the first one was Angela. Waving, but I'm waving. <laughs> of course, like I like to think people are always picturing us, so it, it's just probably waving. Good. Yeah, yeah, waving, <laughs> dancing, usually petting cats, that kind of thing. So this is an exciting episode. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember how. No, no, I do kind of remember how it started. We got to walk through this a bit. Uh, so this is our first post-Halloween episode, and obviously last episode was a lot of Halloween talk. Uh, since then, all four of us have watched Halloween Kills. We are not here to do an episode on Halloween Kills because nobody needs that in their life. <laughs> nobody needs more Halloween Kills in their life. But I think that conversation is what led to all four of us talking about the actual feature for today, which, Christine, tell the people what we're talking about. Okay, so we're talking about um, 2009's Laid to Rest. Uh-huh. A movie with a man named Chrome Skull in it, but it's not called Chrome Skull. It's called Late to Rest. The next one is called Chrome Skull. Colon, Late to Rest 2, late to rest I believe, two. right? Okay. And there yeah. was going to be a Late to Rest 3, or a Chrome Skull 3, or a third movie. Did you know the gentleman that directed this passed away earlier I saw this that. I, that yes, is I very sad. He seemed like he was young. He was young. He was uh, notoriously mean online. Oh. Um, not to say that I don't care that he's passed because of that. I'm just saying, like, he didn't leave a lot of people with a good impression. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, that that's very unfortunate, but it does mean then I won't feel bad saying anything bad about the movie if he never felt bad saying mean things to other people, right? It's true. Okay. Uh, so I had never seen this movie, but all three of you had a lot to say about it. Like, and and how did it actually come up? Because was it just well, us saying like Halloween Kills turns into Chrome Skull? Uh, I can't answer that question. Does... That, was, that was my fault. <laughs> so James, walk us through the process of Halloween Kills to laid to rest. Okay. Uh, basically, I went into Halloween Kills. Uh, with a pretty negative uh, prejudgment because I hated mm-hmm. 2018. Mm-hmm. I did not like that movie at all. I'm with you. And so, so I went into Halloween Kills. Actually, I wasn't going to watch it at all. And then I started hearing how terrible it was. Well, if you tell me a movie is terrible, now I want to watch it because I like making fun of movies. <laughs> this is why you're our friend. <laughs> and and as I'm not I'm... attached to it. Because I yeah, can't yeah, watch the other one with him. Yeah. So as I'm watching Halloween Kills, 
the that movie is hilarious but i don't i don't fully believe that that movie is funny in ways entirely in ways that uh david gordon green and uh uh danny mcbride thank you yeah. uh intended like i know mm. i i'm sure they intended to have some 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 humorous moments uh, like a lot of the stuff with the gay couple was clearly intended to be kind of lighthearted and fun, but I was laughing at the kills. I was laughing at the tense moments and it just made me think of laid to rest, mm. which I also feel back when I originally watched it, I felt that that movie was funny in a way that the director never intended. And when I was reading interviews about it, uh, before when it first came out the impression i got was that he intended that to be like a real gritty serious slasher <laughs> and then after everybody saw it and he saw that everybody you know realized that it's actually a just campy goofy hilarious fun time he started leaning into it talking about um how much fun it was so <laughs> back to our twitter conversation as we're talking about halloween kills i said there's a lot of laid to rest in this movie which Got me and Christine going back and forth. (laughs) And you said, you made the fatal mistake of saying, I've never seen Late to Rest. You know, I know it's, you guys always talk about it, but I actually can't contribute to this conversation. It's actually surprising, too, because this is, now this is 2009. The the movie discourse landscape was different back then. It was very blog heavy. Mm -hmm. And this really made the rounds on the air quotes blogs. Oh, I'm doing air quotes again. (laughs) Fuck, it started literally. Um, (laughs) We're we're making the rounds on the blogs. And I, my friend Andy from Destroy the Brain, I don't know if anybody else here is familiar with Andrew. Andrew. Yes, I love Andy to death. He actually reminded me of this on Twitter yesterday. He said, oh, that movie. And I was like, oh, what? And he was like, I remember when I gave that movie a bad review, the director emailed me and told me I must like the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. (laughs) Oh, wow. I don't know how that's related. Sexy bitches are my favorite kind of bitches. But he was definitely defensive of his product. Mm. and But, like, we were all talking about it for a while. And I remember, I think at one of the horror hounds that, that we were at, Emily, he was there. Or okay. if not Robert Hall, Some, then Chrome Was it the, the actual Chrome Skull? I remember a really tall guy and somebody <laughs> saying, it's the laid to rest guy. Yep. So probably. that must have been him. A couple of us were, like, sort of ironically but unironically excited. And I – my. <laughs> My the gentleman I dated before actually went to school with Chrome Skull, <laughs> and so there's, I I've always had this like weird like like intimate relationship with this strange movie. Fascinating. Oh my god. The so I think I know in part why I missed it. I don't know why, but for some reason I have always gotten this movie confused with Feast. In my mind, whenever oh, somebody yeah. says laid to rest, I'm like, oh, that was the it. Project Greenlight movie, right? I never watched Project Greenlight. I know nothing about Project Greenlight other than it proved to the world that Matt Damon is an idiot. Um, <laughs> but in my mind, I just always thought laid to rest, the way it was talked about, I don't I don't know why. I know nothing about Feast. I've never seen Feast either. I thought about at one point, like, maybe we should do a double of Feast and laid to rest. And then I thought, I don't think I actually want to watch Feast. I've never heard any reason to watch it. It's all right. Okay. It's. I remember it being fine, but I also remember this movie being fine. So. 
<laughs> no, this movie's a must. This mm-hmm. is something. This is this really something. I don't want to bury the. I don't want to do this too early, but I don't know if I feel that way <laughs> anymore. Oh my god! But but you were distracted. I look. I was distracted, but I also saw stuff and was like, "Oh no." Well, it's it's funny because I think all of us have, especially the last month of October, where I think both the three of you all did watch a lot of horror. There's been a lot of um, more talk and going back to the early 2000s of horror. And I mean, this was like, what, 2009, we said? So it's yeah. it's like the late cycle, but it's still part of a different cycle of horror than what we're in now. And it's part of what I hated about Halloween Kills is that it feels like it's a throwback to 2008, which I don't need that horror oh. back in my life. But oh. it makes it an odd one because it like, you could see some things of how it's of its time, but it's also clearly not quite hitting all of what it should have for that time. It's... Are you talking about Halloween Kills or Late Oh, I'm rest? talking about Late to Rest, although I think all of that can also be applied to <laughs> Halloween Kills. Apparently, because I didn't know which one. <laughs> yeah, you know, in many so ways, for both. this is the real spiritual sequel to Late to Rest. I know we said there was no Late to Rest 3. Maybe, maybe there was, and it was called Halloween Kills. I would evil, easily double evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> evil dies tonight. Evil is made dead tonight. Or maybe it doesn't. If we all take turns and go in a circle and, <laughs> just take and use turns their arms. him, and what then a... when he's down, just let him let him lay there for a bit. Just, yeah, just wait. Just wait it out. I go mean, have that, a coffee. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah give no. him a knife, maybe. Maybe give him a knife. Sure. Just turn your back on him always. So who wants to give a plot synopsis of 2009's Laid to Rest, written and directed by the late Robert Hall, who can't can't yell at us now because he's not able to do that. He could tell me he thinks I listen to Backstreet Boys and NSYNC because I don't know. That's a false equivalency. I don't understand why those two things are related. And is that an insult? Like, well, I mean, today I it's it not. Was. I mean, back then, I guess it would have been because that was when anything um aimed huh. at that although you know what though this is this this is as i say that like if he had said you like twilight it would have made sense but in 2008 yeah, 2009 like who was talking about the backstreet boys and in sync they'd been broken up for 10 years by then right i mean apparently apparently this gentleman yeah 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 but clearly this this uh mr hall was very much trapped in the late 90s hmm in his in his filmic tastes, hmm. where it, do you it, see some of those influences? Uh, just it, there. It feels like a bad scream spinoff, mm. like one of these movies that that kind of has meta commentary about slashers, but it's but it really is just there to be super gory, and it's it's leaning real heavy into tech but all the tech is <laughs> is clearly from the late 90s like it's it's all uh burner phones and candy yep. bars and and it's like what are you doing dude the the iphone came out in 2007 where what are you what are you on <laughs> that's a fair point we the... got a killer who talks to everybody oh, i'm sorry oh, no, we're no, no. ahead of ourselves yeah. oh no yeah who's no, no. I mean, let, let's uh well, for those who, like me, who had not seen the movie or have not seen it yet, um, we are obviously going to spoil it because we can't not. 
Uh, but who wants to tell everybody what it's about? It's on Tubi now, so you can watch it for free with the occasional commercial. Look, it's about I can. Sexy uh, bitches being my favorite kind being of Being my bitches. favorite kind of bitches, yes. So uh, it's got a thin plot. I can, I can go. <laughs> I didn't mean that to be funny. Um... It's just, an, it's just an understatement. <laughs> I um... like it when Christine synopsizes. Oh, me too. Yeah, I was gonna say I can, I can. Oh, go... I want that. I'm okay. with you. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Um, so, wow, this movie is about. A, a serial killer on the FBI's most wanted list. This guy is fucking serious. He goes for it. He travels around the South, Florida and some other states I don't remember, and he kidnaps these girls. He kidnaps them and he tapes them. And you know what else he does? He puts them in dead boxes, which is what coffins are, <laughs> apparently. And also, he mutilates them in very disturbing ways. And then there's this girl who gets away and she doesn't remember her name because she has weird amnesia. It's not like regular amnesia. It's where you forget very specific words and also your name. It's and plot amnesia. Yes. It's plot amnesia. So she can't remember her name. And they then Kevin Gage shows up and he's like, oh, think about something that you remember. And she's like, I remember this doll. Her name was Princess Unicorn. So I mean, Gemstone. I Gemstone. Think it's Gemstone. <laughs> And for the rest of the movie, they call this girl princess like she's a horse. Why could they not have called her Princess Gemstone? Immediately, this bumps this movie well, from a five star to a six star. Why couldn't they just call her Gem? Like, that at least is a human person name. Not to say that princess isn't a name, but the way they said it in that, like, really sweet, like, oh, hey, you're, you something's like wrong with you. Yeah. It sounded like they were talking yeah. to a dog. Oh, princess. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. So then... This guy, Robert Hall, is a makeup guy, a special effects makeup, like, he is that guy. And so the kills and the deaths and the mutilation in this movie are wild. And this movie is so super low budge and so hamstrung together that the first earnest kill you get is shocking. And I think that that's why it's always stuck into my head. Mm. Yeah. But it's... So um, I'll stop talking in a second, but one thing that I did realize when we, we first started watching it is I remember in 2009, when I watched this, I went, oh, this movie looks super cheap. But then I watched it last night and I was like, oh, this doesn't look that different than other movies today, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so so, so my, it didn't look as bad as I remember, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is like well, it. also the fact that almost everybody in this movie is a like an actual star to an extent like i mean lena hetty in 2009 oh my god was still like it wasn't a household name this was pre-game of thrones but she was still somebody that you look at and be like oh she's in this movie um sean whalen yeah Yeah. and this well and i guess both her and thomas decker were in sarah connor chronicles and robert hall worked on sarah connor right yep so i'm guessing like i'm trying to figure all of this out because Like, nobody was paid on this movie very clearly. It must have been a favor, a favor, a favor. And I'm guessing even for... Because she's... When you see her in it, you're like, oh, okay, so is she... Oh, no, she's, spoiler alert, dead pretty quickly. But you're like, well, that makes sense, because she probably had another movie to film, like, the next day. But it the fact that you have real actors, but they are given such inhuman dialogue... 
Mm-hmm. And you could see what it was where they're like, do I try to make this work or do I just speed through it because I'm I really like I'm not even getting paid for this. I have something to do. Let me just yes, I'll deliver this line that makes no sense that no human being would say. Uh, and I'm I'm here for that. <laughs> I like a movie that feels like it was written by an ESL student. That to me isn't even really the most glaring thing was not it's not even the dialogue. Um I think it's the really just the script and the mechanics that always made it feel a little lacking. Like it really feels like we're spinning our wheels, even though the kills are good. Like you can't see them or the setup mm-hmm. to them sometimes. And you're like, wait, what just happened? Oh, that guy got stabbed. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that that doesn't work, but this time out, I, I guess I'm getting old. Everybody, the, <laughs> the just the really it was such a do it's such a douche movie this is a douche movie (laughs) it's so and the and this the real like unbridled gleeful violence against women is just like yeesh i guess i was more tolerant (laughs) and the violence the violence against women thing is really weird in this movie because it feels almost as if he made the movie thinking he had violence towards women and then was like, oh, shit, I don't have any boobs in this movie. Because the opening, right, like the prologue to the credits is this montage of women being with their like skulls getting bashed in and boobs. And you don't have boobs after that. And it really did feel like one of those things where um, I was expecting from that opening of like, oh, this is going to this is going to be gross. Like this is going to be very yeah. hostile dude, bro. And maybe because of that, um, I didn't find it as gross as maybe Christine, you did this time around, just because I think my expectations were definitely in a place of like, oh, God, how, how many boobs do I have to see get cut off in this movie? And and pleasantly, none. That That's a good point. There were lots of corpse boobs. There were corpse boobs, that, yeah. That's true. And you know what? I, I didn't even find that like that any nudity or like corpse nudity wasn't even really like that egregious i didn't have a problem with it it really was the tone of it like Mm. this felt like it was made by like an angry mean-spirited person and i know it's not kind to speak ill of someone that's not with us but like he made this movie over a decade ago like he clearly at the time was a mean person (laughs) it just felt mean everything felt mean and and the the way that the the main character is handled is she's like oh, yeah <laughs> she's like such a child and like then this movie like gives her a name and then like the reveal is that she was just a repugnant sex worker and, well, that, and that's she... the part that upset me a lot because like, we're watching it and I forgot and they treat it like it's a, a spoiler they treat it like it's <laughs> a um like it's the big aha moment yeah. and it's like oh she was a prostitute this whole time it's like she was. She was a sex worker. Because, uh, um, yeah, Lena Hetty, when she first yeah, meets she her, is like, oh, I bet she's, I bet I know who she is. Which is also a weird thing. Cause, like, you, you, it like, was weird sh- because she, she was attacking the way she was dressed. It was like she's wearing a shirt and pants and a belt. <laughs> like, it has she buttons. Was, she was it dressed in a potato sack of an outfit. And <laughs> yeah, it's not. She good. was dressed as if she was, like, going to jury duty. Like, yes. Zach said to me, because he had never... Wait, maybe he had seen it before. But he said, are they treating her boobs like they're a reveal? Like, we can all see she's a busty gal. 
So, like, are they trying to cover up her her bustiness as much as possible for that reveal in the hotel room when you're like, oh, she's a she's a sex worker, she's a dirty sex worker. Look at she's her wearing a push up bra. Oh. Any, anybody with push up boob bra is like what? Push up boob bra. <laughs> and all of Angela. Like along with that, I was I looked up the Wikipedia synopsis of it because I knew I missed like a thing or two. So I'm like, wait, what, did I, what plot point did I miss? And the best thing in the description, and I don't know who wrote that description, but it really like gives that other side of how we're all watching it, and I think we're, you know we're all pretty open-minded, cool people. So we're just like, oh, wait, so so what's the big deal? She was a sex worker, but the the Wikipedia synopsis describes it as. Um, when Princess discovered she was a drug-addicted prostitute. I didn't like, get that. She, she snorted did, a little she coke. Did coke she did a little bit of coke. What is that? Does like, that mean she's about to blow this this serial killer whose face is probably very mangled based on the fact that he's wearing a mask the whole time. I'd probably take a hit, too, before that. It, it definitely did that, like that like tv version of sex work of like look at this this desperate maniac snorting coke she's up for anything (laughs) 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 it's really it's it's cartoonish in some of its depictions and and i actually thought that uh i can't think of her name bobby sue something bobby sue luther yeah i i actually she was better than i remembered I mean, she's uh, yeah. what she has to work with is is hard. Yeah, she has to work yeah, with dead first... box and <laughs> police lady. <laughs> I woke up in a box. A dead box. I'm where the dead people are. Um, well, t- the... oh no, in please. the baby voice. You have to do the baby voice. Yes. The the first time I watched it, I remember just thinking she was the worst. And when I and at the time I looked it up, and at the time she was when this was made, she was married to Robert Hall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, so we got a Sherry Zombie thing where, where he, the directors put his wife in the movie, and whatever, uh, you know, she, clearly she's just there to be pretty and be the victim or whatever. I go back and look at it now, and I'm like, she's still terrible. Don't get me wrong. I don't think but she's so terrible. Is everyone. Oh yeah. Like I think. I think like midway through she starts like screaming and stuff. I was like, she's pretty good. Yep. I, she committed I to the bit. Else. But uh but like as I'm watching it and I'm I'm really this time paying attention to all the performances, I'm like everybody's terrible. Yeah. She's no worse than or no better yeah. than Lena Hetty, for God's sake, in this movie. Lena Hetty, Sean accent. Whalen, uh oh, was it Kevin Gage? Yeah. Uh, who I'm I'm not really familiar yeah. with him, but I'm have you never face- seen the the classic film Chaos? Have you that never seen God, the no. classic film Jurassic City, where it's about dinosaurs in a prison? No, I have not. Okay, well, he's we not. all just said so much. <laughs> Everybody, oh, this Jamie's is now a Kevin Gage podcast. Chaos was uh, Last House <gasps> on the Left. Was nope, nope, this nope, the nope. one directed by Wait, Frank that Stallone? Stallone. It might be. It's not Frank Stallone. It's Stallone's son, right? Yeah, Sage. yeah, yeah. Sage. Yes. Uh, oh, gosh. no, I've never I've, seen it. I was lightly obsessed with that movie for a while too. I don't know why. <laughs> you had a dark early twenty first century, huh? Christine? I did. I really yeah. did. Things weren't going great for me back then. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, watching it this time, I was just like, you know, she's she's doing what she can with yeah. the the garbage she's given to work with. Because 
the the thing that really jumped out at me this time was how ridiculously oblivious Gage's character is. Oh, <laughs> so bad, right? Like like when he picks her when he picks her up and he's like, oh, what did he say? I should have I should have took notes of his dialogue. Pretty much everything he said was just like, dude. What are you doing? Like, he's got this woman in his truck who has clearly been through a trauma. She's barefoot. Her feet are bleeding. She's crying. He's like, so you from around here? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then, and then was, she said something about wanting to go to the police lady. He said, oh, the nearest police station's 100 miles away. I'm like, Wait, what? And I live? don't have the gas. <laughs> I live in Texas where everything's 100 miles away, and the nearest police station is still not 100 miles away. And then they bring what? her home, and she's talking about, she's freaking out about her head, and then he looks at the pillow and it's got blood on it, and he's like, she might have hurt her head. <laughs> it's like she has a head injury. This tells me that she needs to go to at least the hospital. I kind oh, of the like the idea. like three days from here. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like the idea that just everybody in this movie is just really stupid. Like, that there is not even a level of, like, oh, well, if only they got to, you know, this guy died early, and that's the problem. Like, no, they're all just... It's like this area of the country in this movie... There is something in the drinking water, and everybody's IQ is like under under whatever the number is for it to be like just above Forrest Gump. Like they're all functioning, right? They're all like brushing their teeth and getting in cars and going places, but like they don't know that your car runs out of gas and you have to fill it up. They haven't learned that part of it yet. Like just and even like at the end when um you meet oh god the other two uh when you get like the out of towners show up and they're in the convenience store and it's like oh let's call the police no. Wait, no, no, but, or, or, or that, too, how, um, I forgot, my favorite thing in this movie is when, um, I, I think it's at Kevin Gage's house, like, he has, uh, like, hanging up on the, on the refrigerator a list of numbers, right? Like, okay, that's, that's normal, at work I have a list of, like, the different people I call, but he actually has, like, emergency, colon, 911. 911, Like, yeah. written there. Now, it's convenient, <laughs> because this character has amnesia, so she didn't remember 911, but, like... Who writes that down on their refrigerator of like, okay, the flo- you know, the grocery store is this, the pharmacist is this, the police and ambulance are this number. Like, did you, but That's, you... that was also in the oh. funeral home. Yeah. Oh yeah. She yeah. yeah. The, she went to the she that was it. The that's where it was. Funeral home, and she goes, oh, nine one one. Yeah, right. that's the one. Thank you. Good thing you wrote it down. And then walks walks a foot away from the wall mounted phone and it yeah. rips out of the wall. Like, I'm that... sorry. I used to curl that thing around myself while right. I talked yep. on the phone. It does not pull out like that. No, it will yank you back to the to the receiver yep. base before it pulls out of the wall. She just looked at it and it tore off. Also, like, I know this is, you know, um two thousand eight by way of nineteen like ninety three. But did it take that long to trace a call for nine and one back then? Because that's just, that's no wonder real. why everybody died. It's not died. real ever. And oh, no right. movie is that ever real. It's not real. It's a fallacy, and I hate it. What, that they trace <laughs> or that they don't trace? That it takes time to trace. You oh, don't yeah. ta- it there's no, like, oh, triangulating your position. She's on a landline. Right, like, it's a caller ID. Them? All they have to do is star six nine it, right? Well, oh. I mean, it's nine one one, so the, the address attached to that phone number was going to come up. I don't even Thank think you, you can... 
you can anonymous, non, uh, anonymously call 911 and have that not show up. Look, There's I call no traditional landline per se. <laughs> <laughs> I called 911 when I was a kid, and they called me right back. So, yeah. And yeah, that was not before Black 2008. Christmas. It's not Black Christmas where the guys at the phone company going, is this it? <laughs> right. Is right. This it? <laughs> Although, can we talk about fi- the password scene? Right? So, oh, we're at 2008 cell phone. And, like, I guess, I, I'm tr- no, by then I had a real phone. No, I still had a, a BB flippy one. But they find a cell phone. They're like, great, we can call for help. Oh, no, it's password protected. And, like, <laughs> they just start going through words. Like, are they, like, murder? Like, just like I don't know, <laughs> try this, right? Like, I got it. Try Chrome Skull. And, like, just, and the way, like, Sean Whelan is like, oh, no, that one didn't work either. Like, did you think it would? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. I love this movie. <laughs> Kind of do too. Yeah, it's. I it's, love it. It's fun to watch with Jamie. You have to watch it with Jamie <laughs> to really, really get it. It's really absurd, and like I, I keep thinking of things like how Sean Whalen has to email the sheriff. <laughs> well, but first he has to fill out the. He has to answer the questionnaire. Yes. Right, of course. Is this are an you, emergency? Are you a victim of tax fraud? No, nope, no. Nope, scroll down. You know, scroll I wish they had had the um. What do you call it when you're doing verification and they have the recaptcha right where it's like, how many of these pictures have a tractor in there? Like th- that would just oh, one of those would have really taken it if to the you next missed level. One. Right, right. Wait, is that She's a tractor or is that a bicycle? I can't tell. <sighs> yep. Deleted scene, well, maybe. Then Kevin Gage prints out that like FBI stuff about Princess <laughs> being missing, and it's just a regular 2009 printer, but they do like that dot matrix printer noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember they're in like they're in a part of the country that is far behind every other part of the country, and, apparently. And I appreciate it. Really good. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Except he has really good internet, according to him. He does have really good internet. But, <laughs> he said, just... but then when he fired it up, he said, this might take a minute, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that good, everybody. <laughs> well, I think this is a fun group watch. Yeah. Yeah. I get the complaints, though, because I have the same thing. We watched it, and the reveal happened. I was like, wait, was the reveal that she was a sex worker? Because this, this isn't cool, that this is, like, treated like it's a big yeah. reveal and oh well she was a horrible person yeah exactly no that doesn't make her a horrible person and i got to the point because i again had no no idea what was gonna happen this movie where i really most of the movie i thought oh she must have been working with him i thought she was girlfriend or something because there's all these things of like do you know who you are and like the things that she kind of remembered but didn't and i'm like oh she's that's gonna be the reveal the that reveal is gonna twist yeah that like she's gonna realize oh i'm a killer that would have been great yeah. instead it's you fixed oh this movie. yeah my job is i have sex like that that much le- much less interesting movie that way ah <sighs> <sighs> Okay, I hate this movie. No, I like your version. I like your version of the movie. Right, right. I keep doing that. But it I all keep comes back them. to sexy bitches are my favorite kind of bitches. Sexy bitches are my favorite kind of bitches. Uh, so for and those I who haven't seen the movie, when they get out of the car, when they get out of the car, and she's like, "Help, help me!" and they're like, "Sexy, sexy bitches are my favorite kind of bitches." bitches. Because that's what you would do if so. And that's the other thing, like. <laughs> 
like you go somewhere and you ask for help, right? Or you like write something down yeah. or you do like you tap SOS with your finger. Although again, amnesia face. So I don't know. But I don't think she would have got SOS. No, no, certainly not. It would have been great if like she tried to write it down and was like <laughs> trying to spell it and instead just kept drawing like smiley faces every time. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Right. SOS ASAP. I don't know what the letters, letters. Um, but yeah, my dad. <laughs> my dad. I don't want to be dead. Just like, and because that's the line that opens the movie. I think is her saying, "I don't want to be dead," and it's not. Yeah. I don't want to die. Like, it's, I don't want to be no. dead. And again, yeah. like, for a while, I'm like, okay, this was either written by somebody where English is not their first language, or this is, like, a thing with her, right? That she's, like, grasping at ideas of what, how to talk and how to do things. And no, it's just written very poorly. Until the moment she's not. She can't, it's, it's selective amnesia. Yeah. And at yep. one point, she even says, like, I can't think of certain words. But then she, like, messes up the, the tense and it's just, it doesn't make it. And she starts to talk like Frankenstein. It's so weird. In fairness, though, we're all getting older. And like, all, I don't know about you guys, but it's been like, you know, almost two years now, of like not having quite the same level of interactions. Do you find yourself forgetting words a lot? Or is that just Oh, me? yeah. Okay, good. I did that before this. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm dead box. <laughs> but it's, My head it's, is a dead box. I came from where My the dead bodies dead are. Like, I guess, man. Like, where they oh, bury people. Like, <laughs> and I get scared when I have those moments. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, now I you're just gonna. Bread? Yeah, but next time I'm not gonna think I'm having a stroke. I'm gonna think that oh, I guess I was almost. I guess I was put in a dead box for a while. That's gonna explain <laughs> it next time. I have selective amnesia. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't uh, finish that project on time. I was in a dead box. You know how it goes. <laughs> The uh, we should so is it Thomas Decker is the um, uh, the the guy that lives right? Yeah. Okay. That's yes. Thomas Decker. Right. He is in a band with direct writer director Robert Hall called Deadbox that does the music for the. You song. are lying to me. Why would I lie about I that? I can't so. handle that. Are, I can't. I can't make these things up. Does, okay. Now the what I need to know. Is recorded for this movie. I oh yes, <laughs> I have to believe. That. And I think they did it. Yes, I have to believe that. I want to believe that. Is, I want to believe that. I want to be in a world where that happens. It, it's a better world for sure. Better is, world. I'm fascinated now because going back to what we said earlier about how Robert Hall was very um, his his method of of um, of verbal combat was to compare somebody to uh, Backstreet Boys. So. Is now in my mind that has to do with his music career as well. Yes. Like, do we think Deadbox was supposed to have the career that Insync had, and that's where some <laughs> of this bitterness comes? If they did all the music for this movie, then I'm assuming Deadbox was some kind of metal slash industrial thing. But did they always yeah. start that way? Did they like you know like? Right, that that happens with a lot of a lot of artists out there. I give them yes. enough money, and yeah. they become right. Like find a video of Tori Amos when she was like eighteen, and she's like trying to be like a country star. Like no, no, no. Yeah, everybody tries everything until they find the thing that works. Yeah, yeah but this was a movie written by someone who was just always an edge lord. Okay. Oh yeah, I I sure. agree with that. 
Yeah, he was in. Uh, he, he's again. he's definitely a person who goes to a show and screams fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christine, another one of your boyfriends is in this movie. Jonathan. Lucas Still. Lucas Still. Oh, oh, I thought you. Wait, no, oh. I was going to say Jonathan Sheck. I was going to say Lucas Till. Who's Lucas, Lucas Till? Havoc in X Men First Class. Also, I believe he's MacGyver now. Oh, um, is that cute. still on? MacGyver. I Wait, MacGyver was, was ever successful. on. Oh, I have no idea. I don't watch normal TV. Uh... Is that Roach? No, no, no Roach, Roach is, is Sean Whalen. Wait, who are you talking about, Emily? We're all Jonathan Check. Um, Who's that? You know who that is. He spells his name weird. He was um, the one. Oh, he, you him. know, he was in the Washingtonians episode of Masters of Horror, and he also oh, wrote oh, it. Oh, oh. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I don't forget your boyfriend's for episode. you. It's the Thank best you. episode. It's so good. Uh, he was in that thing you do. He I was. He's what... done a lot of horror. He's done a lot of um, writing also on stuff, right? He His... Yes. Stuff. He wrote that Washingtonians, right? He, that's right. He wrote the Washingtonians. He wrote Roadhouse 2 Last Call, which I still haven't seen. Is that on <laughs> Tubi yet? I feel like that's a Tubi movie. He he's very handsome. I do enjoy him quite a bit. But his death in this was wild, and it was so quick. Like, because the opening credits. I am watching these opening credits, thinking, "What the? How? Who? So many people that that I did not oh, know were in this the movie." He's the brother-in-law who's oh, there okay. for all of five minutes, and then he is dead. Yeah, he shows up with that broad, and they both and they both get killed real fast. Like it's just <laughs> he was just like extra kills. But oddly, I remember his death and not hers, so I don't know. She had the Olay death. Oh, yeah, she gets the knife across the gut, and when she, like, yeah, he... turns, it opens. Oh, uh, okay. She's running, and he just, like, does the bull, the bullfighter, Olay! And then she <laughs> runs a little bit further, and then her okay, gut that's why. open. Yeah. Love that's it. Love it. it. Now, the sequel, which I did not get to watch, I debated it, but I just didn't have time. Figure skating was on. Oh, uh, maybe don't watch it. No. So it. tell me, because the sequel... It, there, there's a lot of interesting things looking just Brian at the Austin cast Green. list. Brian Austin Green. Yes. We got yes. the bag. Uh, you also have Jonathan Check come back in a different role, apparently. Oh, I don't, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he's listed in the credits and not as that, that guy. Uh, and you have, uh, what's her name? I guess Princess is back, but not that actress, because I guess they were divorced by then. And, of course, that just makes me wonder things. Thomas Decker is back. Uh... Daniel Harris is in it. What? Huh. Oh, like again? Like he's calling in all of these people that that have careers. Gail O'Grady from NYPD Blue. But you're saying it's just not good. That is it. Like as is it not as fun? Is it's it not even? Fun. I don't remember it being yeah. as fun. It's not I, fun. There is what I remember case. about it. What I remember about it is it felt like he was in on the joke. Uh, yeah, and so he's trying to be funny, and he's not talented enough. Yeah, if you're, guess a, what? Huge, if you're a huge Brian Austin Green fan, though, maybe watch it for that. Okay, no, no, maybe just go watch uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, watch Sarah Connor Con- Connor Chronicles. It's if I re- I remember it like everything about this movie that's charming, I feel like is accidental. Yes, and then, oh yeah, then, this was very like all right, everybody strap in. And it just didn't, it didn't deliver. Yeah. And, and I think he, Angela said she remembered a cage. That's all I yeah, remember too, is a cage. That's all I remember is a cage. <laughs> so a cage is clearly very important. In this. I feel like There's cages a were a big thing in this style of horror movie in this era. Yeah. Cages and chains. Yes. Like 
it was a very like the the old like I think Christine I forget the the term you have for it but the old chaining the woman in the basement movie. Oh yeah, uh, yep. yeah. Uh, adjacent to that is the cage subgenre. So and dead bo- dead boxes. Dead boxes always. Yeah, yeah. Boobs and dead boxes. Yeah. <sighs> oh boy. Yeah, I, like I think the other thing that I can't quite reconcile with on on where I land on it is. There is this this attempt at earnestness within the characters, because yes. like mm-hmm. Kevin Gage's character is supposed to be like sweet, right? I mean, he he does the right thing. He he finds this woman who needs help. He he does the stupid thing because he does not know how phones work or how cars work, but he does try to help her. Um, when his wife dies, he is really upset by it. He ultimately figures out a way to kill this um, creature that we should we we do need to address. Um, Boy. And you have also, like, Sean Whalen as the, like, really missing his mom and, like, this, like, there's, like, this emotional uh, weight to the characters and I wonder exactly where that comes from and if it's a good thing to be in there or not. It's poorly handled. (laughs) I don't think it adds anything to the story at all. Uh the the whole sequence of them trying to take his, Sean Wayland's dead mother's corpse out of the trunk what? was supposed Honestly, to be though, very emotional, and I'm just I'm rolling. I'm why dying. did they do that? Why was not then the time to do that? It didn't seem like a good idea. That's true of almost every plot decision in this movie, <laughs> though. Like every character decision, like there's a better way to do this. Oh, they're doing it that way. Well, they also went back and forth all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I'm going to drop you off at your what? house. No, you're not. Why would you do that? Yeah, when he goes back to cover her body, all this <laughs> stuff, it's just really weird. Yes. They just keep going back and forth. It's like, why are they taking her here? Why are they going here? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and um, let's, let's talk about the, the ending and the finale, because this, like, the final shot and the final, like, action is, like, one of my favorite things in the world, which is, I left a note for the police. Yes. <laughs> and yes. she did. And she did. She Dear cops. Here's the guy. His car is the really nice one outside. <laughs> I waited for a while, and you never showed up. <laughs> Love, what? princess. So, so there's. I'm gonna give this a lot of credit, and I'm gonna take some big swings. But hear me out. So there are there are some things here. I I talk sometimes about uh, that that jury movie um, that that uh, Susan Sarandon and Brad Renfro are in the client. The client. client. How that really depicts poverty really Mm. well, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. I would argue that this movie. It gets there it gets close it's like okay. poverty and i'm like yes i don't you know what people talking about not being able to afford gas or have the gas to get somewhere i like that that feels lived in that feels real oh our phone got shut off we don't have a phone that feels like a great setup to something about like a poor community getting terrorized by a by an affluent mm. murderer because Ooh. he does have money there are there are things there and then at the end when bobby sue is like I waited and you didn't come. Wow, that's fucking powerful. She asked for help multiple times and no one helped her. This movie, fucking, if that was intentional, it shits all over it. I don't even think it was intentional. But there are things there that are really compelling. And it wouldn't have been that hard, now that you're saying that, to make that intentional 
like to make me believe that was intentional because all they had to do is in the beginning have like a sign that says mine closed or like factory like something that makes you understand why everybody in this town has no resources why there's so few people like all all you had to do was be like yeah these are the last holdouts before this is a ghost town and then you have like oh they're cut off people people you know keep to themselves there's not a lot of money in this community and and that's interesting and and then you have these these characters that are trying to do their best and they don't have a lot of resources i liked that and i thought that was even going to be something with the way when lena hetty first sees princess and she's like oh she's not from around here or i think it might be kevin gage who's like no, no no she like she's not a sex worker look at her and i was like oh are they gonna like because like there's something to you're right she does not look like she belongs there she is very uh what's the word i'm looking for like groomed right she has nice hair she clearly mm-hmm. takes yep. care of herself like she has all of her teeth and no shoes yeah <laughs> She, oh, there's something to like, it would have made sense for like Lena Hetty to look at her and be like, oh, she's a city girl or she's not, yeah. you know, th- and like that would work. But you also have Lena Hetty in this part and who's far too pretty to be, yeah. you know, that to make me believe that she's that woman that lives in the cabin in the middle of nowhere. Like, well, where is she getting access to her hair dye kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Also, we talked about how they style princess. Like she, she was Miami. That's what they called her, and she's from Miami. It would have been cool if she was actually dressed like maybe a sex worker that was in Miami, as opposed to like an administrative assistant. It, it would have been it would have been that interesting juxtaposition. I don't know. There's something there. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one more Sean Whalen who keeps like he pops up in everything uh i just saw him in doppelganger which everybody should watch it's also in tubi it's the drew barrymore movie (gasps) you watch drew barrymore yeah isn't it the greatest thing in the world yes yeah yeah it's so trashy and awesome it is so trashy and it is bizarre because it's a lifetime movie until the very end when it turns into a like body horror something else um but he's in that he's in people under the stairs it's probably the thing that you most recognize him from i think my favorite moment of watching this movie was um Brandon like walking by as I had it on and here and there kind of looking at me like, what is this? What is that? And at one point when Sean Whalen says like, we have to wait for the 5 to get here. And Brandon's like, that man should not be using the term 5 <laughs> And I said, I'm like, I don't think anybody in this movie is, is speaking the way their human character would. So yeah, it's a good time. Oh, yeah. The- when they get to Sean Whalen's house and we need to use your phone, I don't have a traditional landline per se. Per se. Per se. I love it. I died. That was that was like that was the moment where I fell in love with this movie the first time I watched it. I was just like, okay, this is this something. is something. Something. Oh, they had me at I don't want to be dead. I don't want to be dead. Wow, yep, really bad. Yeah. Yep, that's the line. And then it Put obviously the... uh just, you know, completely uh, solidified it with sexy bitches are my favorite kind of bitches. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, the one that... death I hate is Roach's death. I I don't like his death. It bothers uh, me. It, I mean, again, like it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had to look away. I couldn't. I couldn't watch that part. It's it's higher inflator. It was just like wow. 
just like popped That's... it in his ear, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm, don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I think for that, like, it's hard to not say to a horror completist, watch this movie, because it does do some uh, different acts of violence in a way that really, like, I haven't seen done that way in practical effects, all thrown together in this 80 minute movie. Yeah, when uh, Christine's uh, Christine's boy gets his face cut literally off, that's it's, something. It's wild, right? Yeah. It looks so yes. wild. When when he comes up, I think he comes up, Chrome Skull comes like up beside him and like shoves that knife through his cheek. And I'm like, oh, negative, every, negative. He every time. He the knife. Oh, does he? Is that oh. what happens? What did I tell you about the kills not being filmed well or set up well? You don't know, <laughs> know what's happening, but they're cool. <laughs> Yeah, the knife just appears from off screen, goes straight through his face. Love it. And then, and then he comes up and grabs it, and that's when he saws his face off. Which then followed up, you know, you followed that up with the girl trying to get the phone off the dash, and him like stab, stab. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, okay, now I'm coming back around. I love this movie. It, it really does have that that quality like it's so goofy and there's almost endearingly fun things about it and then you're like yeah and then that girl's severed head is in that other dead corpse's crotch yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a little well, bit no, no. The room the, that was a ways. living girl oh was she alive oh, i can't yeah. remember that's the one that's the one that like suddenly she popped her head up oh. and because she, she and she saw a princess through the crack in the in the in the lid to the but coffin. she is attached to a dead body. She is attached to a dead body, and then he comes up and saws her head off and, like, plays with it or something. I don't know. Yeah. His motives are never clear. See, no. that's... I was distracted around that part, but, but yes, I do remember <laughs> that. And we never see his yeah. face, right? I didn't just miss Correct. it. Correct. No. Okay. Nope, you don't see his All face. All right. And so we don't know... The mask other... comes off. The mask comes off and goes back face. on. It goes back on. Which forever? What exactly does do they put in the mask to melt his face off? Super glue, like like extra super glue though. Like the industrial super strength super glue. glue. But would that make your entire face melt? Like uh, I've well, gotten super glue well, on. Well, he me. said something about stuff melting. I just can't remember. I should. I, mean, I don't think that's all he put on there. I think he put some kind of something because he said something about the he said something about it being industrial strength adhesive and one time he got it on his hand and it just melted his skin okay but it... yeah he sean whalen has like a whole monologue about this clip. oh yeah <laughs> he gets a piece of a model or something stuck to his leg and a doctor has to cut it off and he still has the scar yes, and then yep. and then he pours you know like a little bit of it into chrome skull's bottle of adhesive and then chrome skull pours out like three handfuls of very liquidy material that was clearly not what was put in that bottle out and puts it on his face and then his whole skull melts yep it's awesome it's actually pretty cool (laughs) it is really cool i really like when he's like clawing off his skull skin like to try to get every bit of that (laughs) i mean it is it's a cool design it's a good monster mask it's I I guess I I mean for this I don't know that I needed any more of anything in this. Um, no, I think you get enough of everything. Do you find out more of his backstory in part two? Because of course he's not dead. I guess again, even though he's yes, again it's not cage. Good. Oh, cage, and it has something to do with the videotape. And they're I don't know. 
It seems there's like there's an like, organization or something. Yeah, there's some organization that's funding him, and it makes oh no God. sense. And they tried to create... How should I put this? They basically tried to backfill a really stupid version of the... Uh, of the the or the secret organization the secret society in John Wick <laughs> where you've got this this secret cabal of people who are helping him and funding him and he's just their little secret killer machine I don't believe in the second one that his motives are e- made any more clear um it's just now he's got all this su- the support system and you've got this whole subplot with uh, uh, Brian Austin green, where he wants to be the new Chrome skull. Cause he doesn't think current Chrome skull is good enough. And it's, it's, it's all so convoluted and dumb. And I mean, it's, it's pretty much what happens when a, um, a director accidentally writes something hilarious and then thinks he's funny. Mm, okay. I'm almost intrigued by the idea of, like, Brian Austin Green's villain phase, because I just watched that volleyball movie where he's a crazy volleyball fan. Uh, So I I almost want to, like, oh, let me find all the movies where Brian Austin Green is a bad guy. But it doesn't sound like this one is is worth my time. We should all watch it. I can't disrecommend it hard enough. I, okay. Angela keeps joking about watching it. I'm like, Mm-mm-mm. I'm not joking. <laughs> don't fuck with her. Sexy should, bitches are my favorite right kind now. of bitches. Oh, okay. Sexy <laughs> bitches are my favorite kind of bitches. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, I'm just trying to see if I had any other notes. The, you know, the other one was the um, insistence on who Kevin Gage reminds us of. And I still say he's sort of like a more compressed version of Paul Hollywood from uh, Great British Bake Off. I don't know uh, if anyone else sees it. Great, never watched Great British Bake Off. I need to. I can see that. I don't know who he reminds me of. He reminds me of him. <laughs> he's 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 in an episode of Firefly, and I remember being like, "Hey, that guy, that guy." <laughs> That's my story, everybody. <laughs> All right, so do you recommend uh, Laid to Rest? And who do you recommend it to? And who do you not recommend it to? If if you watched Halloween Kills and thought it was stupid and hilarious, then you should watch Laid to Rest. If you really liked Halloween 2018 and hated Halloween Kills, there's a better than average chance you will hate Laid to Rest, in my opinion. That's some very careful, uh, well-thought-out logic. I highly recommend it. (laughs) I think you should watch it with some friends. Mm -hmm. Maybe drink a little bit. Oh, yeah. Get you some sugar. I was going to say, what what do you actually eat with this movie? But uh, Spaghetti. Yeah, something really gross that, like, you're going to spill and be like, yeah. Yes. This is a trash movie. It's a trash fire, and I recommend it. Nice. Along with Halloween Kills. Just make a double bill. So, Angela, did you like Halloween Kills? I hated it. But you liked 2018, right? I love 2018. I love 2018, too. I love 2018 the first time I watched it. Then I watched it with Jamie when it came out to video. 
And I swear we both loved it in the theater. But when we watched it together, we felt very differently about it. He hated it. And I started to not like it, so I turned it off. And then I rewatched it for Halloween, and I loved it. And I was excited for Halloween Kills. I was like, yeah, it could be so good. And Halloween Kills starts, and I get even more excited because they start showing some of the yep. characters from Halloween. It's like, it's the, it's the same night. Oh, my God, yay! And then, oh, <laughs> Evil Dice Night. Evil Dice Night. Evil like, Night. Okay. And then I told Jamie, this is real bad. And then he wanted to watch it. So we watched it together, and I liked it. What a journey you've had. It. Yeah, it's a journey. Stuff is better with Jamie. <laughs> Christine, Especially you... Especially if it's real stupid. It's, it's always interesting when you, like have that thing with your partner of oh no we're gonna watch them like we're gonna influence each other because mm-hmm. you like sometimes you just debate like a lot of times when I show something to Brannon I I I know for both of us like I can feel the tension when we know one of us likes it and the other one doesn't or vice versa mm. and you just wait for the credits to roll so you can like gently turn around and be like so and then you know it's gonna be like oh. one thing or another that's gonna uh, <laughs> have a reaction Christine, you liked 2018, right? I love 2018, and I have been very clear about why, and I get why it doesn't work for other people. But, uh, and I think I've already said this on this podcast, but my first boyfriend loved Michael Myers, like obsessed, had a thorn tattoo on his wrist, also really abusive and an alcoholic. So it was really great to see three generations of women mm. trap Ooh. Michael Myers. It was so cathartic. I wept through the credits. It was just real, real great for me. And then can't I can't imagine how, how that, you know, would translate into the sequel then. But so, yeah, so I, what we rewatched 18 for, to get like gear up for the new one. And sure. I was like, I was like low key excited for it. And then I started to see people who, who were seeing it early say, concerning things about like how if you because they kept saying that 2018 was about like trauma and like overcoming trauma and like all this stuff and like if you actually got that from 2018 you are not going to be pleased with this new movie and I went like well that's me so I'm not going to be pleased with it and I and I wasn't I do not understand why people like Halloween Kills like genuinely like it if you want to like laugh at it and stuff that's completely fine i get wanting to do that but like people who say that it's good i don't understand people that say that it's actually fun i don't get it because i'm i'm like very movie literate and i can't find a single thing of value in it (laughs) the only moment in halloween kills that i personally genuinely went oh okay that was cool is uh, the three masks from Halloween 3. Yes, obviously, that was great. That the problem was, was if you watched the trailer, and I try not to watch trailers because Mm-mm. because of this very reason. You watch a trailer, you see the thing that you are, are supposed to get excited about to watch in the movie. But I watched the trailer because our dear friend of the show and all of our friends, Jason, had said to me, like, oh, are you excited about Halloween Kills? And I'm like, no. Because I, I didn't like 2018. <laughs> I just, I understand. I don't well, think 2018 was a... I would never say it's a bad movie and I understand anybody liking it. It just didn't work for me. I just was bored and it didn't give me what I wanted. So I was like, I don't really think I'm going to watch it. But then when it came out that weekend and everybody was watching it and I'm like, you know, I have Peacock. I might as well. Let me just turn it on. 
and just how quickly for me, I was like, oh, crash. Um, and the masks are cool, except I saw them in the trailer. Oh, and nice. the other thing I think is that for when a movie... I hate when a movie and like late sequels do this and like reboots do this where it's the whole like, yeah, we love the original, but you know, we really feel like the sequels uh, didn't work and all of this. And then so many moments that are interesting in Halloween Kills are all because they're referencing something that happened in a sequel. Yep. So it's like, oh, the masks. Yeah, but wait, why, why should I wait? In this world, there is no Halloween 3. In this world, there is no Halloween 2. So... Yet you're pulling these, like, and in some cases, direct shots from Halloween 2 into this one. And to me, like, because I, I think we, well, we had talked about it on the last one. I had watched Rob Zombie's Halloween not that long ago and hated it. Like, okay. did not enjoy watching it. But watching Halloween Kills, I was like, you know, Rob Zombie's Halloween is better than this movie. And it made me appreciate that more. Because oh. <laughs> I feel like this Halloween Kills is... Here's so because I started, I was like, I started writing this essay about it that I just stopped at because I'm like, I'm getting angrier at this than I need to be, but I'll <laughs> say it here because uh, it's, it's easier than typing. Um, Halloween Kills to me is the epitome of a movie that somebody who is not a horror movie person, if they were to watch this movie, they would look at you and say, Why the fuck do you like these kinds of movies? Because it is so mean. It is so every character that you introduces where um, it takes a moment to introduce a character. So you're like, oh, OK, I guess I'm going to follow you. You seem like a nice person. Oh, you just got brutally murdered in a really cruel way. Like the murders are so cruel, which was never really a oh, thing yeah. for Michael Myers. Like it's this the, the whole like, oh, the mob violence thing. It's like, yeah, but where did this mob come from when in the last movie, which happened the same day, nobody cared about Michael Myers, only Laurie Strode did. Um, so there was that. But I think it like it bothered me because I'm like, more people are going to watch this movie than almost any other horror movie that came out this year because it was made so accessible. And maybe it's not as bad now. Um I forget who said it. I don't think it was you, James, but somebody made a great point that they're like, I don't, do people still think that way? Like in a post walking dead world where horror became a little more mainstream, it was a really good point. Like you're like the people that used to always say like, ew, horror is gross are the same ones that watch the walking dead now. So maybe that like sensitivity I have to it, I don't need to have anymore, but it did feel like the kind of thing of like, this represents everything that could go wrong with the genre and and all the people that think that about the genre are going to watch it and say, "Ugh, this is horror. This sucks." No, there's a lot of great horror out there. Don't don't judge us by that. I thought you were going a different direction when you said something about people who don't like horror. Uh, as Angela was watching it, Halloween Kills the first time, she texted me because I'm in here working, and she says, um, "She says Halloween Kills not good. You would hate it." <laughs> and I said, "Ha ha ha! Seriously, the trailer made me roll my eyes really hard." And she said, you would be doing that now. So many nods to the series. And I said, so I'm not shocked. It's a director who doesn't do horror doing what he thinks horror fans want to see. Mm. That was my impression to an extent yeah. of Halloween 2018. But especially after I watched it, it's absolutely what Halloween Kills is. It's it's a guy, David Gordon Green isn't a horror director. Maybe he likes horror movies. I don't know. Don't know the guy. Um, I don't I'm not even really familiar with his movies or his work, but he's not a horror director and it feels like he's checking boxes 
Uh, it's the same problem I had to an extent with the Nightmare remake and especially uh, the Friday the 13th remake. Somebody sat down and said, okay, here's the things yeah. that make up a Halloween movie. we got to put all this in there. And he put it all in there. None of it made sense. Yeah. And it, it is really, it's funny you said that. It, it's hilarious that they, they want to ignore the sequels, but then pull that mob, the, the, the roving mob <laughs> of people from Halloween 4 and use it in this movie in almost a worse way. Oh, it's worse actually so no way worse way. Like four, I hate four Doctors, so much. Doctors, nurses, I like four. everybody. <laughs> I actually um, like four. I, well, I I hate the series. I, I realized uh, I realized yeah. a while back. I like Halloween. I like Halloween season of the witch. Mm-hmm. I don't like anything else. We watched Halloween two, the the sequel to oh, the Carpenter yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and I'd always heard, oh, that's the good one. It's like Halloween, Halloween two, and then everything else is bad. Halloween two's fucking terrible. I mean, like, but it's... yet, in comparison to most of what comes in that series, you're like, oh, well, you know, yeah, I guess it's, it's a lot better than five. I don't know, because at least five is so dumb that I could see laughing at it. Yeah. Halloween 2 is so, it's just ridiculous, and and um, it has a lot of the problems I have with Halloween 2018 mm. and Halloween yeah. Kills. Well, Halloween Kills is just bad start to finish. My problem with the Halloween 2018 and Halloween 2 is that if you watch the original Halloween, like what made Michael Myers terrifying to me as a kid was he's walking along. He sees Lori and her friends. He decides, I'm going to kill them. And then he just slowly stalks that group of people and kills the people around them. And that's it. That, that, that's mm-hmm. the method to his madness. And in Halloween 2 and in Halloween 2018, He's like a dog with ADHD. He just sees a shiny. I'm going to yeah. kill that shiny now. Yeah. And that's what he goes and does. And there's no method to his madness. There's no reason for any of the things he's doing. Um, they, You kind of got the impression in Halloween 2018 that maybe he was after Lori, but then they screwed all that up in Halloween Kills to the point that it almost made it sound like the doctor drove him out to Lori's house and then cut him loose so that he would just try to walk back home and Lori's house was just in the way? Or something? Yeah, it'd be nice to know. That's that's super muddled, and I read something, I wish I could remember, where, where, yeah, apparently it has nothing to do with Lori, but, like, it does. So it's really kind of... All the motivations are confusing, (gasps) and it seems like 3 is going to go in a really weird direction. I don't know. I think I'm done with it. I have a terrible analogy. Is this going to pull a Last Jedi to Rise of the Skywalker? I don't even want to talk about that. I know. Oh, I no. didn't I didn't want to invoke that because that just is is a terrible thing to compare to, but You know how I get. I know. But like it almost feels like this, yeah, is, this is supposed is to be the Empire space. Strikes Back, right? Like this is the True. ends on a down note. Um is sort of on which and it's like there is a point to which like the idea that oh it's not about Lori could have been interesting. Now mm-hmm. it's also terrible because like what, Halloween is a, again Halloween is a franchise is I think the worst of most of the major franchises. That's mm. so interesting because I really I have to agree with you and I don't know that I ever thought that because <sighs> I I don't have any fond memories of two three is obviously three and we can't really talk about it i don't know anything about four 
I don't know anything about five. I, is there a six? There's a six, yeah, there's right? there's a six. Yes. I, can, I, can I tell you that I have seen these movies at least three times? I can't tell you a <laughs> thing about Because they're not, nope. they don't have even like a visual language to them. Like there's the only thing that every Halloween movie has in common, aside from three, is that it Michael Myers wears the same outfit in all these movies. But like the a idea, different mask. And a different mask. Like, but he and he doesn't talk, right? Like that's all we really know of Michael. Because sometimes it's effective and sometimes it's not. The mask. Oh yes. Can be really goofy. And you can have some of the best movies in the franchise. Like I, I'm gonna kind of uh, admit I'm wrong about something. H2O is probably in the top three of Halloween movies, I still have a lot of issues with it that just stem from it being very 90s and very studio. But H2O is like a, an actual good movie. And I it is the H2O. worst the worst mask of of all the whole franchise where he is not scary at all in that movie. But it's it, it's a decent movie. But it there's no... Um, like, you know, Jason kills teenagers usually at camp. Freddy Krueger hunts teenagers in their sleep and has a very specific cruelty and sense of humor about him. Chucky is Chucky. I could talk forever about that. Michael Myers is what? Is a guy that walks around, stabs people, and is sometimes supernatural, and is sometimes a sociopath, and is sometimes just a kid. And like, But there's no even style-wise, like, and it always happens at Halloween. That's all we really get as a franchise. Um, and so even if you excuse the fact that half of, like, there's multiple timelines and say, okay, well, this one would make sense because this isn't Lori's story. This would be this person's story. Um, but the idea of the big twist being, oh, it has nothing to do with Lori, which, first of all, I don't think is going to be true because I guarantee you the next movie she'll probably be more prominent. I think most of the criticism has been you had Jamie Lee Curtis at the front of your marketing campaign and she's barely in this movie. So I don't know. I, uh, I don't know if I said this to y'all on Twitter, but I know at one point I, I concocted a way to, that they could have fixed this whole trilogy. And I would have, it would, I would retroactively like 2018 if you make Michael a revenant (laughs) because they clearly want him to be a revenant. He, there's no way, no human can survive the beating he takes at the end of Halloween Kills. She stabs him directly in the <laughs> spine, and he pulls it out and then kills everybody. There's no way a human can do that. But they don't establish no. through the movies, through any of the storytelling, that he is, in fact, inhuman, unkillable, some kind of supernatural force. And the way you could have established that in 2018 and fixed my uh, I'm, my biggest problem with 2018 is they trap Michael in – they have Michael on the floor, I guess knocked out, and Jamie Lee Curtis is standing in front of a wall full of guns. She walks away from the wall full of guns, walks up the stairs, closes the little gate, and, and traps him in a Dr. Evil uh, trap. And says, ha ha, got you, and sets the house on fire. And as the movie's, the credits are rolling, I'm like, he's going to get out. Of course he's going to get out. However, you fix it by having her grab one of the shotguns off the wall, emptying it into his head, then setting the house on fire. And you're like, oh, he's for real dead for sure. Beginning of Halloween Kills. He doesn't just walk out of the house that's on fire. He walks out of the house that's on fire, on fire. And and just the fire just kind of goes out, and he's just standing there. He's not dead. He can't be killed, and he proceeds to kill 
all the firemen the way he does, one-on-one, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And suddenly you've got, okay, we're dealing with a supernatural killer. He's become Jason. It doesn't really work for what they established in the original Halloween movie. These are supposed to be sequels to, but it's at least a new direction and makes all the rest of the garbage they do in these movies make sense. If Michael Myers is inhuman and cannot and literally physically can't be destroyed, now your movie makes sense. And now I know what they need to do in Halloween ends. I is think it's Halloween ends. Is you basically have to trap him in something he can't physically escape from, like knock him into a pit. You're thinking like like the Superman 2 thingy the obelisk type thing oh yeah 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 i mean well yeah or you know like <clears throat> just like you you lure him to a construction yard knock him into a pit and fill the hole with concrete when the concrete hardens i don't care how superhuman he is he's not getting out of that and there you go michael myers is contained and done and you have a movie that at least makes sense <laughs> there's a, there's a moment in halloween kills uh where when uh, one of the roving bands of mercenaries or whatever you want to call them, the vigilantes uh, go to the park. And instead of going through the park as a group, the one woman gets out and walks over to the kids and the kids are like, Oh yeah, we played hide and seek with the guy behind the tree. And what? She turns around and there's Michael Myers. And it's like, Oh crap. And I told Angela, I said, I just picture him like stepping out from the tree going boogie boogie. And the kids seeing him and him going, Oh, it's kids. I don't kill kids. And when they're not looking, he steps back behind the tree. He waits a little bit, waits a little bit, steps out from behind the tree. Shit, still just kids. <laughs> and I pictured him doing that for like an hour before he finally sees an adult and they go, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I can do it. It makes me think of that Geico, I think it's Geico, the commercial where like it's teenagers running away from a killer. And they're like, what do we do? Like, let's let's hide behind yeah. the chainsaws. Like, no, let's get in a car. Like, what are you crazy? No. And the killer's just rolling his eyes at how stupid they are. That's kind of how I felt about most of the movie. Yep. So, it, it, yeah. it's, it's like they didn't try and no. to a degree like when it was clear how it, it really felt to me like nobody put any effort in and nobody yep. tried I can't be bothered yeah. to care about your thing more than it seems like you cared about your thing I, and I, if that is you trying then I don't want to watch no. movies I like to think too like because there's been a couple of years since 2018 and now there will presumably be like another because they haven't started production I don't think yet on Halloween ends I think it was supposed to be filmed together but they didn't do it that way um, the girl who plays Laurie Strode's granddaughter <gasps> who's supposed Can to be like 16 like she's going to have like gray hair by the time oh, the next God. movie comes out she's, she's legit 30 can I tell you that I had to look her up because she is so gorgeous in this movie that I was like, well, I don't want to be a fucking creep. I have to see how old this supposed <laughs> high school But oh, it's like Dear Evan Hansen levels of, like, you're really like, old oh, for good. this part. She's, a, she's an adult. She's a, she's a full-grown adult. Because she, she can looked, run for Senate. And I don't want to, be, and this is not me being rude, she looked like somebody's mom in that yeah. movie. And I mean that in a perfectly fine way, because she plays somebody's mom in the movie that she's in now. Like, she's yes. a mom of a small boy or something. Like, that's uh, the age that she is. But she was straight in high school in that first one. Yeah. Like, yeah. she was coming from a high school dance. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well. Yeah, we're, we're approaching Harry Potter levels of... <laughs> Hey, your characters have gotten to, your actors have gotten too old to play your characters. It's well, we'll see where it goes. I mean, out, out of curiosity, I'll watch it. Well, I won't go to a theater to see it, so who knows? By then, we might still be in lockdown, so it might still be on Peacock. We don't know. We'll see if Peacock is still in Depressing. business in a couple of years. 
if it doesn't go the quibby route. All right, so do we have any more to say about laid to rest and sexy bitches, our favorite kinds of bitches, or Halloween kills? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think All so. Right. I, th- I think we're gonna lay this to rest in a dead <laughs> box. And evil dies tonight. And evil dies tonight, obviously. Um, so oh. James and Angela are lovely guests. Where can people find you, and or or do you want them to find you? <laughs> I mean, if you, um, I don't really have anything to promote, but my Twitter is uh, equal op opp uh, dork. So, and that's also my Instagram handle. Uh, I, I, I'm not very interesting. <laughs> no, but we're I down with OPP. So. You post a lot of figures and transformers and stuff. Yeah, I mean that's my Instagram. Is my Instagram is toy photography, uh, which is yeah, it's again, fun. Not it's it's fun, but it is not special. It's just that's it's just me having a little bit of fun. How dare you, sir? Did, How dare you? Did you know that I probably said it on the show? Did you know that my mom and my stepdad have been collecting toys since I was like twelve, and that I have okay. a very large fondness for vintage vintage toys and and toys from the 90s and obviously i had transformers myself when i was a child i think it's very interesting i agree oh that's fun no i don't think you've ever mentioned that before yeah i'm a i love i love a good vintage antique toy and modern toys i like them when they're haunted that's my who am i kidding oh me too yeah it's the best uh angela where can people find you uh i'm not on i'm not on social media much but i am barb colt on um instagram and twitter that's what i usually go i don't do facebook at all really and uh excuse uh, me i I believe you meant to say you don't do meta (laughs) i just take pictures of dolls lots of doll pictures which if you like doll pictures of course we do and speaking of dolls have i got a doll on this line and i'm talking (laughs) about miss christine makepeace who's has I see my say oh, it's a good segue, right? You yeah. made me that was a cackle. That <laughs> well, cackle. see, and I haven't even finished a segue, because as you all know, Christine is a wonderful writer whose new book of short stories is out now, and I have read the first several of them today, including oh. my favorite one, Empty Nest, which is about a doll. I'm so glad you liked I it. I loved it. Are you oh kidding me? Oh my god. Are you so me? I got in I got into writing about haunted dolls for a while and I had these delusions of just doing a full haunted doll collection on my own. Don't so I have like, like five that. or six haunted doll stories I have nothing to do with. <gasps> and I have a funny one. I think it's funny. I don't know if you thought it was funny. Uh, Empty, Empty Nest. Nest. Oh, yeah. I, I, no, no, no. Empty Nest. So everybody go get Christine's book, uh, The Sound of, Sound of Broken Glass, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm waiting for mine to come in the mail. Yeah. I just, I just got mine. I sat outside today. It was a beautiful day. And I started reading them. No, Empty Nest is very funny. Um, I laughed out loud, but it's also creepy and weird. And it, it gets pretty dark and disturbing, but is wonderfully funny. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I Again, I'm halfway through. I just got up to the uh, titular story, and that was a little longer. So I'm like, all right, let me wait and read this one tomorrow. Thank but you. people, please go out to – is Amazon the preferred place to get them? Or just where, where do you want people to buy this book? Well, Amazon is kind of the only place. As, as an indie publisher, pulling back the curtain, um, I shopped this collection around for a really long time, and nobody wanted it. So – I just decided to put it out by myself because my writing is no longer like that writing. I'm writing a little bit differently about different things. So I kind of just wanted to get that out into the world and move on. And Amazon is 
good, bad, or indifferent, and mostly bad, <laughs> the place to publish yourself in a very easy, streamlined way. And sadly, this isn't my full-time job, so I kind of just had to do it. So Amazon, but also I I am offering copies through me, so you're paying me and not Amazon, but I paid Amazon, but it was less. So it all works out better. So if, if you wanted to go that route, you could just contact me on one of my many social media platforms. But also, if you want to review it, I'll sh shoot you a PDF for free. Like, I just want people to read it. I don't even really fucking care. It's not about any generation of funds for me at all. Like, I'm just really proud of it. I think it's the best and thing you I've should ever be. done. Yeah, and Thank I'm you. very proud of you, and I'm very excited for you and excited for more people to read it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, thank you again, James and Barb, or Angela. I still call you Barb. I'm going to call you whatever I want to. Uh, okay, that was Laid to Rest. Uh, we will be back at some point in the future talking about something. We'll figure out what that is. Uh, but we'll get there when we get there. So, good night. Good night. Good night. Uh, I need you with me by my side. I need you in my heart Cause there's a space you can only feel Wow, he has gotten so good! I had no idea! Yeah, well, I'm bringing him along slowly. You know, teaching him how to phrase a lyric, sell an audience. All the things a top-notch manager does. What? Like, shut up and let everyone else listen to his song. Yeah, shut up. I'm bringing him along slowly. And then hand these be my love, yeah.